Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Uh, you can see in the NFL the trend of guys that most teams know are going to start on getting a lot of work in the preseason anyways, and so it's been good for the, the young guys to be able to show what they can do and get the majority of the reps. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. All right, welcome back to the show. Wolf is in Cincinnati right now. Tim Ring is in for Wolf. And since Wolf isn't here, Paul Calvisi agreed to come on the show. So he's joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. That was nice for Paul. Paulie, play-by-play. What's going on, Paulie? Yeah, Paulie is doing play-by-play tonight uh, on the radio broadcast. Paulie, how's it going? Yeah, not daunting at all. Dave Pash, you know, a top-five play-by-play guy on the uh, planet. So, you know, it's, uh, you know. Uh, he makes it sound very easy, and I try to prove uh, otherwise. So we'll see. We'll see how this all goes, especially when there's 100 guys in this roster no one's ever heard of, right? And so uh, speaking of Pash, by the way, um, I've, I've thoroughly had enough of everyone wishing Dave Pash a happy birthday. I mean, it's just it's got to stop. We've got to play some football here. And, uh, you know, there, there's two things that have just been interminable so far. Uh, Pash's birthday palooza all week, and then the Dick Vermeil Hall of Fame speech. Two things that just won't end. So hopefully uh, we can kick this thing off sooner than later. <laughs> uh, all right, Polly, we've, we've talked to you uh, quite a bit when we were out there, obviously, at camp uh, the beginning of this week and last week. But now with kickoff about five hours away, is there one or two things that you're specifically dialed in on for this game? Yeah, cornerback. Uh, you know, not just Marco Wilson, who seemingly is on double secret probation. Uh, I mean, the first player I think we can all remember in the Cliff Kingsbury era to, to really be, be called out. And uh, you know, the jury is still out. I think is the quote we've heard a few times. So, so Marco Wilson, who honestly, if we were finger to the wind, might have been passed on the depth chart by Antonio Hamilton right now. Yeah. So you, you're going to see a lot of Marco Wilson tonight. I think they want to see a lot of Josh Jackson. You know, what's the deal there? Uh, is that someone they can count on? You know, you really don't have a, a good feel of whether these guys can tackle either. It's like, can receivers break a tackle? You don't know, not yet, because no one's tackling to the ground in training camp. Can the corners tackle in, in space, in, in the open field? So I think the and then Christian Matthew was someone that Cliff Kingsbury cited as, as being curious to see the seventh round rookie who has all the measurables at, at six two. All right, what does he look in a game? Uh, obviously, the Bengals no one's expecting them to go with their big trio receivers who they they contend are the best uh, threesome receiving threats in the league. But uh, you can get a sense there. And then obviously, Zayvon Collins, uh, who could play as much as the first half. And then what does he look like? Um, because if he's struggling to read and react in a game like this when the offense is running vanilla schemes and you're going against primarily backups, then there might be reason for concern. And I think yeah, the coaching staff is trying to figure out, can we trust Zayvon Collins as a middle linebacker? And tonight we'll go a long way in answering that, I believe. Paulie, I said something very, very lame in a joking manner about Eno Benjamin earlier in the show, and it was, I'll repeat it, (laughs) because I have no shame. And it was, we've heard all this, we've seen all the smoke, Uh, now it's time to see see the fire. Uh, All the talk about Eno Benjamin in the offseason. We get to see him on the field tonight now for the first time. Uh, The new and improved Eno Benjamin. Uh, Your expectations for not only Eno, uh, but how his performance plays into the running back group 
room, which is an interesting dynamic because you signed a guy in the offseason that you expected to make the football team. Uh, and then you draft a guy, and you usually think that guys that are drafted have somewhat of a leg up to stick around for at least a year or two. So your thoughts on Eno in the running back room? Yeah, I mean, there was so much props and praise and plaudits for Eno in the offseason. I started to get a little suspicious, Tim. I'm thinking, wait a minute, are they trying to pump up his value so they can trade him? <laughs> That's what I was, and, and was it like Dave Pash's birthday all over again? <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. I mean, you know, and so you realize, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? But, uh, you know, two things. One, he was legitimately in Cliff Kingsbury's doghouse for, for more than a year, probably his first two years to the end of last season. And then number two, uh, he has made he has made corrections. He, he's, he's reliable in his playbook now. He's reliable in pass protection, and so okay, he's going to get he's going to get a lot of reps. But you guys are right; it's probably the most loaded position group, right? Musical chairs. There's going to be a running back left standing. Who's it going to be? Honestly, at this point, it easily could be Jonathan Ward, as. As great as he is on special teams, if one of these undrafted rookies comes along, like a Javante Payton, a John Trey Kirkland, who are, I guess are special teams demons, uh, if those guys come along and, and, and maybe grab a spot, Jonathan Ward could maybe be in jeopardy. We'll see. I think it's a big game for him tonight. Uh, Daryl Williams, I don't expect to, to see him. But Keontae Ingram, man, he's look good. And he's intriguing. He, he told me when he was at Texas, he was 240-plus. And then he went to USC. It was a totally different system. Uh, for the Longhorns, they were using him more as a fullback, and he, he really didn't like it. And he went to USC, and uh, he, they used him in a much different way. He got down under 220, which is where he's at right about now. And, I mean, he's made every catch, and he's made a lot of defenders look stupid in space. So we'll, we'll see about this, this running back rotation. Because, look, guys, down the stretch last year, for everything that didn't happen on offense, and yeah, we can blame a lot of it on DeAndre Hopkins. There's no doubt when D-Hop isn't on the field, they saw a lot different defensive philosophies and defensive coverages, and it wasn't as easy to diagnose if you were Kyler Murray. I get that, but the running game wasn't nearly as potent down the stretch, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that I think over the second half of the season, there was one game where both James Conner and Chase Edmonds were healthy and able to be that one-two punch. So if Eno can be that guy, because he's truly the one body type and skill set guy who can be closer to a Chase Edmonds, get the you know dump it down to him, make someone miss in space, and, and just be that dynamic threat out of the backfield catching the ball, Eno can be that guy. And so, uh, once again, he, 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 is, he has made the most progress out of Cliff Kingsbury's doghouse to now getting a lot of compliments. Talking to Paul Calvisi, Paulie, we talked to Wolf earlier. He said there's, there's some talk maybe Zayvon Collins may play the entire first half tonight. And on the flip side, Isaiah Simmons, at least from kind of what we're hearing, may not play at all tonight. Is that Do we read anything into how far apart those two are? I guess the first part of the question is, do you think we're going to see much Isaiah Simmons in this preseason? No, I think now at this point they know what they have. And by that I mean not just obviously the player and the playmaker, but I think they know how they want to use him. There's no more experimenting going on. They're going to use him all over the field. And there will be a little bit at inside linebacker. We've seen it at times during some of the open sessions at camp where Zavin and Isaiah Simmons have been right next to each other at inside linebacker. But We've mostly seen Isaiah Simmons as that hybrid guy. That's what his teammates call him, the hybrid player. And whether he's in the slot or he's mugging the A or B gap or he's coming off the edge or he's at deep safety, he's just going to be that headache for a quarterback to have to wonder and worry about where is he coming from, where is he. They want to get him in space so we can go sideline to sideline. And even he admitted to the media, when he's inside and trying to read the pulling guards, 
that's not his forte. He hasn't had a lot of experience doing that. And if the D-line isn't keeping the O-line off those inside linebackers, well, at his size and body type, he does not a real good job with, with that straight-ahead run stuffing. So I think they figured out how they're going to use Isaiah Simmons, and it's going to be dynamic, no doubt. Polly, great stuff. Good luck on the call tonight with Drew Stanton. We'll be listening. Okay, guys. Thanks, Talk buddy.